Well, good morning, Chapel Point. How you doing? Hey, man, there we go. You guys are way better than the first service. Let's just be real. Uh, man, yeah, there we go. Man, I'm so excited to have you guys on this Memorial Day weekend as we continue in our series, Encounter. And what we're looking at is people who encounter Jesus, how they respond, and then what happens in their lives. Where are they being transformed in their story? And what I love about it is that God meets us, but then we have this opportunity to respond to that. He doesn't force our hand, and we're looking at different stories throughout this series, and some people respond in faith, and some people don't. And some people get to walk through it and have to wrestle with that tension of who is Jesus and what does he really mean for my life? What do I do and how should I respond when I encounter Jesus? And that's really the question that we're asking this morning and through this entire series. And so we just really just invite you guys to uh, prayerfully ask God to speak to you because here's what I know. God is here. He has made himself known. And what I love is, man, you guys were singing, like singing backstage. I could hear you guys. When we gather together and when we focus our hearts and our minds on who Jesus is and we declare with our mouths these songs, man, he shows up. He's already here, but it's because we're focused on him together as a group of people. So thanks for being a part of this. If you're visiting with us for the first time, man, we're just glad you're here. I'd love to get to know you, shake your hand and say hi after the service sometime. And just know that, I mean, you matter. You matter to God. You matter to us as a church. And so we're just glad you're here. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to grab a Bible. Uh, if you don't, I mean, you can raise your hand or you, there's some somewhere. We'll, we'll make sure people get you a Bible if you need one. Uh, but grab your Bible. Go to the book of Luke, chapter 19. And there we go. I, someone over here needs a Bible. Uh, there. Thanks, Fred. Um, all right. So what we're going to do is you're turning to Luke, chapter 19. We're just going to pray. And we're just going to walk through this story and ask God to speak to us that we would encounter him and that we would respond and that he would transform us from the inside out. So let's pray and let's get after it this morning. God, we love you. We thank you for Jesus. That he would make a way for us. That you, King Jesus, would do whatever it took to bring us into your kingdom. Through your death, and through your resurrection. So God, thank you that we were able to sing those truths together as a group of people this morning. And God, I pray, God, that you would move in our hearts as we open your word. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would speak to us, that you would encounter us right here, right now, God, so that we would leave this place changed. And we pray this all in the name of Jesus. And everybody said... Amen. Amen. All right, Luke chapter 19. We are going to be looking at the story of Zacchaeus. And Zacchaeus was a? Oh, you guys are good. Zacchaeus was a wee little man. What that told me is that some of you guys grew up in church and you sang little kids songs. That You guys have been around the block a little bit. If you don't know, if you haven't been around uh, church, no worries. We're going to walk through this story. But there's a kid song that says Zacchaeus was a wee little man. And I was talking to some friends about this story, um, and they were just kind of laughing. Could you imagine? Like, put yourself in Zacchaeus' shoes, though they might be small. Put yourself in his shoes this morning, and imagine this. 2,000 plus years after this encounter, we're still talking about this guy, and we're talking about how high he, how, his height, his stature. Isn't that kind of funny? 
But what I love about this story is that many of the encounters that we're going to look at through this, now this is not a blanket statement, but many of the encounters that we're going to look at through this series is these people are, are, are taught, like the Roman centurion, the woman at the well. These are people that we don't know their names, we know their story, but there's something significant that we know the man in the name of Zacchaeus, no matter his height. There's something significant about that. So I just want you to hang on to that thought for a little bit this morning, and we'll come back to that idea that why is it so important that we know Zacchaeus' name? And we'll talk about it a little bit. But let's walk through this story, starting in verse 1 of chapter 19. And it says, He entered Jericho and was passing through, talking about Jesus. And behold, there was a man named, say it with me, Zacchaeus. There you go. And he was a chief tax collector and was rich. And he was seeking to see who Jesus was. But on account of the crowd, he could not, because he was small in stature. I want you to notice this, verse 4. So he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was about to pass that way. This story begins talking about Jesus is moving into this area, and Zacchaeus catches wind that, he, that Jesus is coming into the town. Jesus is, in a way, kind of causing a ruckus in the, the community because he's performing these miracles. He's turned water into wine. He's healing people. He's having the bold, audacious uh, nature to say, your sins are forgiven. But in the Jewish culture, they were like, what are you talking about? You can't say that, that someone's sins are forgiven. Man, how does this man perform miracles? Is, is he really from God? Is this a prophet? Or maybe something's different about him. Jesus is trending in the community. Word is spreading around about this man named Jesus. And Zacchaeus wants to see who this guy is. Because what we're really going to find out in this is something is missing inside of Zacchaeus even though he was rich, even though he had plenty of money, as the scriptures point out to us, something is still missing inside of the man, Zacchaeus. And so it goes on to say that he catches that wind of that, and he goes, I've got to figure this out. I'm not very tall, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to run on ahead, I'm going to climb up into a tree, and I just hope to catch a glimpse at who this man Jesus that everyone is talking about, this man who seems to bring healing and hope and life to the people that he encounters. I want to see Jesus. So this morning, I want to ask you a question. Are you positioning yourself to encounter Jesus? Are you positioning yourself to encounter Jesus? And maybe another way to ask this is, have you, have you positioned yourself to encounter Jesus? Um, if you guys don't know, know me, I've got three awesome children. I've got two little boys and just the coolest little girl in the, in the whole world. Uh, Noah is uh, three and a half, and that half really matters to him, so just know that. Um, and then I've got Wyatt, and he's just, he's around. He's alive. He's one, and we just quit counting days and months after that when the third kid came around. And Madeline's nine. And this very morning, uh, the crew got here. I was here early, and then my wife brings the kids in. And what I loved about my boys, and then Madeline comes up, and she's sweet, so she didn't quite run like this, but Wyatt runs to the door first. He gives it a good lick, so uh, that, that glass door right out there, he gave it a good lick, because that's what he does. Um, sorry about that. I'll clean it later. Um, he gives it a good lick, and then Noah hits the door hard, bolts in, and Noah goes, Daddy, runs and grabs my legs and just hugs on me. He's super awesome, and then Wyatt comes up, and I'm just going to let you guys into the family a little bit. Um, 
I don't know what his deal is. He knows, he knows who I am. He knows it, I promise you. But every time I walk into the room, he goes, Mommy! And I'm like, still daddy. Still daddy, have been, am, and will always be your daddy. One day I pray he figures that out. Um, you guys can join me in that prayer. Um, he's, Mommy! And he just runs up and grabs my arms and wants me to pick him up. And then Madeline walks in and gives me a hug. This very morning... And when I think about Zacchaeus, we see a childlike faith begin to show up in him. He begins to run ahead and climb a tree. In this culture, in this day and age, a grown man to run for anything was unheard of. It was unheard of. And not only does he run, he goes and he climbs a tree. How childish of him. How childish of this grown man to break the cultural norms to take off running and climb a tree. I love it, Madeline. We'll often say in our backyard, she's like, I just wish our tree had lower branches so I could climb it. Why? Because trees were meant for climbing, apparently. Because that's what children do. They run and they climb trees because joy is inside them. Love flows out of them for the people that they get to encounter. Zacchaeus runs ahead and he climbs a tree to position himself to encounter Jesus. And so I want to ask you again this morning, have you positioned yourself are you positioning yourself this very moment, this moment, this morning, to encounter Jesus? And for some of you in this room, you need to become a little more childlike. Because we live in a culture that says we have to have it all together. And if you've come into this place and you have any background with church, and you feel like you have to have your act together, and you have to come into a church place and check off the box and you have to make sure you're looking just right. I want to invite you this morning to let that go. I want to invite you to have childlike faith this morning. I would pray and hope that you would position yourself to encounter Jesus and that doesn't mean you have to come in this place and have it all together. You don't have to pretend anymore. You can Run. You could climb a tree. Because what we're going to see is Jesus meets him right at that moment of his childlike faith. Jesus meets him right there. So I just want to give you some freedom this morning, some, uh, a way to kind of breathe a little bit. We don't expect you to have it figured out. And neither does Jesus. So step into this place with a childlike faith. If you remember other scriptures that Jesus calls out. He says, let the children come unto me. You must have faith like a child to enter the kingdom of God. Why is that? Because it is just real. It is honest. It is raw. When my kids run up to me and they give me just messy kisses all over my face with whatever they just ate as well that's on them, it's real. It's raw. They didn't polish themselves up, but they came to me because they loved me. 
I don't invite you the same way. God, you're the heavenly father who loves you and informs you and knows you. It's not saying, hey, could you just go clean up a little bit? Could you get your act together a little bit and then, then we can talk? No. This morning, have you positioned yourself to encounter Jesus? Because notice this. Let's keep reading in the passage, picking up in verse 5. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, notice right there, underline that, circle that. And when Jesus came to the place, the place of Zacchaeus' childlike faith, Jesus encounters him there. Where are you walking in your day-to-day life that you are walking in that faith, saying, God, here I am, and I don't have all the answers, and I don't figure to have it all figured out, but I'm here, God. And he's going to meet you there. He's going to meet you there. And let's keep moving with the story, begin to see what happens through this encounter. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, he calls him by name, notice that. Hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, the crowd that had been following Jesus, they watched this encounter. They began to grumble. And they began to say this. He has gone into to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. And so as we look at the response in these verses uh, 5, 6, and 7, the question is, how are you receiving Jesus? So not only have you positioned yourself to encounter Jesus, but the question now is, how are you receiving him? Because Jesus came to that place, and it's there in that moment that you and I have the opportunity to make a decision, to receive him or to reject him, to take him for who he is and who he says he is, or hold him off at a distance. Zacchaeus could have just waved at him from the tree, said, I just wanted to see you. Have a good day, Jesus. It's been kind of an interesting story as we read about the rest of it here in a minute, if that had been the response. But we're going to see a man who does something very similar here in a few moments. Notice this, that Zacchaeus welcomed him with joy, and we see his childlike faith continue to grow because he hurried down from that tree and ran to his house with Jesus. He hurried down from the tree, received him with joy, and then they went to his house. How are you receiving Jesus this morning? Is it with joy? Is it with that childlike faith? Is it with... expectation and anticipation that's mounting, that something is about to happen with this encounter, that something is about to change for you this morning. When we begin to expect God to move, guess what? We finally just wisen up and see that he is moving. But if we don't expect him to move, we just have blinders on and we're not willing to see that. So the question is, is, how are you receiving Jesus? Are you welcoming Jesus into your home? Are you welcoming him into your heart, into the relationships, your career, your life, or seniors, those of you guys who graduated, well done, congratulations. Are you welcome, welcoming him into the rest of your story? Saying, God, I bring you into this decision-making process for whatever's next, job, college, Friendships, relationship, finances, whatever that looks like, I welcome you into that. Have your way because the reality is Jesus wants to come and hang out with you. Isn't that good news? 
Jesus, who holds all things together, Colossians 1.15 tells us, this very moment, he is the author, perfecter of our faith, and he holds all things together in this moment. He wants to be with you. He wants to have a meal and hang out with Zacchaeus. I find that so encouraging. But we have to ask ourselves this question. Are we welcoming him in? Are we making room at the table for him so that he can come and hang out with us? And here's what I want you to notice. As you begin to respond to Jesus, when you have an encounter with Jesus and you begin to respond to him, if you are responding in faith, there will, be, there will come opposition. There will come those people who speak against you or speak ill of you because you are willing to do whatever it takes in that childlike faith to make sure you're with Jesus. And what we see in this passage is the crowd, the people that were following Jesus, began to grumble. This word, when you break it down, it really means it, it, the sound of a bunch of bees. Bzzz. They're making noise all around. And can you imagine Zacchaeus for a moment hearing the noise? Can you believe Jesus? He's hanging out with that guy. That guy is a chief tax collector. He is a part of the opposition. He is stealing from us because that's what would happen in this culture. The tax collectors would take a little on the top. And in the scriptures, the chief tax collectors is not used very often, but it is highlighted here because it shows that Zacchaeus was kind of running a bigger business. He had multiple tax collectors underneath him, and he was taking money from everybody in the community, and he was profiting for it. Could you imagine how that would begin to hit his heart. Can you believe that guy? I hate that guy. He's so worthless. He's the one who's hurting us. He's hearing the buzzing of the bees and the noise of the grumbling. But yet, what does he do? He stays focused on Jesus, responds in faith, and brings Jesus into his house and says, welcome with joy, Welcome, because he's beginning to find his life is being satisfied in Jesus and not in the money, not in the things of this world, but in Jesus alone. He's finding that hope and that joy right there. And the people begin to grumble, complain, because they forget one big thing, that God can redeem anyone at any time from anything. And we say that a lot around here as a church because it is so true. We can see people for who they are right in front of us, or we can see people for who they are becoming in Jesus Christ. And that right there, friends, can be a game changer for you and your family, and your marriages, students, kids with your parents. See them for who they are becoming in Christ. That can be a game changer for you. Or you can be grumbling and make a bunch of noise and miss Jesus and a party that happened at Zacchaeus' house. And so I invite you to receive him with joy. You would hurry to sit with Jesus this morning. And what we see is that Zacchaeus is responding with the grace that he's been shown. He begins to offer himself up to Jesus by fixing a meal, setting the table. But then notice this. We want to see the transformation that takes place in Zacchaeus' life. 
And this is what we're all about here at Chapel Point, is seeing people being transformed and passionately following Jesus Christ in every year of their life. And we begin to see what happens when Zacchaeus truly encounters Jesus and puts his faith in him. In Zacchaeus, verse 8, it says, Zacchaeus stood and said to him, Lord, behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house, since he is also a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. And that's so good. That he came to seek and to save the lost. But what I want to focus in on in this moment is the transformation that takes place in Zacchaeus' life. He was convicted through the grace that Jesus showed him by calling him by name, saying, I want to spend time with you. I want to hang out with you. That grace stirred something up in him. Oh my, I'm wrong. I have stolen I have hurt the people that I'm supposed to love and the community that I'm supposed to live life with. Jesus, I declare today is what he's saying. I declare today I will repay and I will just give half of what I have to the poor. And then anyone that I've stolen from, I will pay them back four times as much. Now, I'm not a big numbers guy. You give away half, that's 50%. And then everyone else he stole from, now remember, he's a chief tax collector, which means the whole region, he's probably stolen from everybody. And he's about to give them back four times as much. You know what that does? Puts Zacchaeus in the poorhouse. The thing that he is known for, a chief tax collector, and being rich, he is now 180 degrees different. Saying, I'm giving it all away. I want nothing to do with it. I give it back to you, people I've wronged. And so here's what I want you guys to see and ask this question of your transformation. That when you encounter Jesus, you begin to respond and welcome into your heart. Here's the next question I want to ask you. Are you willing to repair the relationships that are broken? Are you willing to do whatever it takes to bring reconciliation into the people's lives that you encounter, that you've wronged, that you've hurt? Because that's what the gospel does. It changes us from the inside out because we realize the love that Jesus has given us and we have to go back and show that love to other people. Holy Spirit does this work inside of us and moves us to restoration and moves us to reconciliation. I want you guys to hear loud and clear this morning that restoration is greater than sin. Restoration is greater than sin this morning, that whenever you are about the work of God, bringing people together in love and in grace, finding life, it is greater than whatever financial money you have gained. It's greater than whatever pleasure you are seeking, whatever sin is keeping you from living fully alive in Jesus Christ. It's greater than that. And here's what we see in this passage. is We see a man who's changed. We see a man who's willing to find something greater worth in Jesus Christ and who he is in Jesus than in the things of this world or the financial security that he would have had. I want you to look at Luke chapter 18. It's not on the screen, but just in summary so you kind of have a relation. Notice that 18 comes before 19. (laughs) Smart guy right here. All right. Why'd you laugh? It's not funny. I thought about that one. Luke 18 comes before 19, and we get a story of another young man who's rich, who has all the money in the world, and he comes to Jesus. You can read this later if you'd like. I'd encourage you to read the story in comparison to 
the story of Zacchaeus in Luke 19. The rich young ruler comes to Jesus. Very similarly, he encounters Jesus, but he doesn't respond in faith because he asks questions. What must I do to inherit eternal life? Well, keep the commandments, follow me, respond in faith. He's like, okay, cool, got that, done, check, moved off. And so then Jesus challenges him at his core level because he's finding satisfaction in the things he has, the wealth, his security is there. He says, okay, well, give everything you have to the poor and follow me. And the rich young ruler can't take that step of faith. He says, I cannot be poor. I can't give it all away. He missed out on full life because he put more value in the financial security, the stuff that he had, than in the one who he encountered. It's no wonder that Luke 18 comes before 19 because we see the two different responses of faith. My friends, this morning, I want to encourage you to respond in faith. I want to encourage you to examine your heart, ask Holy Spirit to reveal to you what are you really holding on to? What are you clinging to so closely that he's asking you to, to hold with an open hand? Say, trust me. Follow me. Where is he convicting you that you need to be about restoration and reconciliation in the friendships, in your marriage, in the people you work with? Whatever it looks like. And ask him to lead you in that. Because I promise you, I promise you, I promise you. When you follow Jesus, you find life here and now and for eternity to come. You find true life. It's better that way. Zacchaeus found it. What I find really interesting about the story of the rich young ruler compared to Zacchaeus, we don't know the rich young ruler's name, but we know Zacchaeus' name. In fact, the passage, if you read it in the 10 verses that we just read, it mentioned it three times, his name. It called him out three times. He is known. I want you to look at this with me. Verse 5, chapter 19. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down. Jesus had never met Zacchaeus before. I don't know if we know that or not, but this was a chance meeting. It was a man who had heard a story and ran up to a tree. Jesus knows Zacchaeus and calls him by name. Don't let that be lost on you this morning. Jesus is calling you by name. Jesus is calling you by name. He's calling you out. He's asking you to respond in faith and to welcome him joyfully into your heart, if you will, into your home, into every area of your life. Because he knows you and he loves you. And in fact, he doesn't hold any of your sins against you. He didn't say, hello, chief tax collector Zacchaeus. We've got a conversation to have. We have a come to Jesus meeting, if you will. No, he says, Zacchaeus, my name's Jesus, and I know you. I see you, I love you, and I've got more for you. I see you, I know you, and I've got more for you. What we see in this passage, to sum it up, and then I want to kind of just 
I want to speak to your hearts for a moment as we begin to kind of wrap this up. Here's the big idea. Zacchaeus, this his story, is that we are sought by Jesus, if you want to write this down. He responded by grace, and he demonstrated restoration through faith. This is, this is the big idea. Hear this this morning. You are sought by Jesus. Are you going to respond to the grace that he has poured out as we sing about? His death, his resurrection is here and now so you have full life. And are you going to be a part of the work of restoration and reconciliation here in West Michigan? Wherever God takes you, are you going to be a part of that? Because here's what we know. Is that he was known fully. He called him by name. And he said, Zacchaeus, come down. Jesus this morning is calling your name out. And he's saying, come down. Come out of the hiding. Let go of your sin. Find freedom. Find life this morning. So here's what I'd like to invite you to do. I'd like for you to join me to say something that may seem awkward. But what we know is that so many people don't feel known anymore. They don't feel seen or heard. So we're going to do something in faith. I want you to say, Jesus knows, insert your name. Now, don't say insert your name because that defeats the whole purpose, okay? <laughs> that would be awkward. <laughs> but I want you to say, Jesus knows, and then put your name there. So here we go. Jesus knows Luke. Say this again. Jesus knows Luke. Say it with faith, belief that you are seen and known by God, by Jesus Christ, who love you enough to give his life for you. And say this with me. Jesus knows Luke. Isn't that good? Isn't that good? That this very moment, you are known by God. You are seen you are valued, you are loved. You do not have to hide anymore. But you get to live in the grace that he has poured out and walk in that transformation every day because you are known, you are loved, you have value. He calls you by name. Son, daughter, he calls you by name because he loves you. So there's a song that's been on repeat in my head as we conclude. Uh, it's a song by Hillsong United. Uh, it's off an, a record called People, and the song is called As You Find Me. And it's just been on, I've had it on repeat for, for a while, and probably my family's like sick of it. Like, seriously, let's pick a new track. That'd be great. Um, but I want to read these words as a way to encourage us to hear the reality that you're known that you've been found. So it says this. The song goes like this. I was found before I was lost. I was yours before I was not. You have grace to spare for all my mistakes. And that part just wrecks me. And I know, I know, 
I know I don't deserve this kind of love. But somehow, this kind of love is who you are. It's who he is. This is who Jesus is. He looks past the mistakes because he's already paid for them on the cross. They are gone. They are no longer held against you. You are forgiven. There is no condemnation, as the book of Romans tells us, for those who are in Christ Jesus. You're known, you're loved, and your past is not held against you. Somehow this kind of love is who you are. It's a grace I can never add up to be somebody you still want. But somehow, 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 friends, he loves us as he finds us. He loves us as he finds us, broken, hurting, scared, pretending we're not all of those things. He loves us as he finds us. And here's what I love. This is the response that we get to live in. This is the response that we get to walk forward in this morning. Your love's too good to leave me here is what it says. His love, Jesus' love was too good to leave Zacchaeus in the tree. His love is too good to leave you wherever you find yourself this morning. His love is too good to say, all right, have a good day. I'll see you guys later. He says, no, come down. Be with me. Live with me. Let me live in you and work out salvation with fear and trembling through you. Come be with me. My love is too good to leave you where you are. And this is what I love. To be honest with you guys, this is the part I struggle with the most about the gospel. I believe it, and sometimes I doubt it. Because how could he love me? I know me. I got sin. I've sinned. I've made mistakes. How could he? That doesn't make sense. That's the beauty of the gospel. It's the beauty of who Jesus is. So this is what I want us to live in. Maybe this is why it's on repeat for me. If you want my heart, Jesus, I won't second guess. If you want my heart, Jesus, I won't second guess you. I will get down out of the tree and I will come and be with you. I won't second guess it. Because I need your love more than anything. That's what Zacchaeus needed, was to be found whole. The money didn't satisfy. Nothing did, but until he was known and called by name and seen, he found his heart was satisfied. Because I need your love more than anything. And this is what we get to say. To that grace, to that encounter, we get to respond in this and be transformed in this. The song says, I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. I'm yours. Your love's too good to leave me here. Your love is too good to leave me here. So leave me here. So I'm in. And so I want to ask you this morning, church, friends, first time Pete, first time guests, we're glad you're here. We want to invite you and ask you. To step into it and say, I'm in. I'm into the grace that God has already poured out. It's done. It is finished. He has covered us in his grace. And he says, live in it. 
Live in the overwhelming love that I've poured out for you. You don't have to earn my favor. Zacchaeus was a rotten crook. And yet God says, I see you. I love you. I know you. Let's live. So here's what I'd like for us to do. I'd like to invite you to stand. I'm going to pray for us. And we're going to respond. We are going to respond to the grace that God has poured out, to the gospel, the good news of who Jesus is and what he has done to redeem us, to restore us, and to live in that greatness, that life, full life, here and now. So as we pray and as we sing in response, I invite you to answer the question, are you in? Are you in? There we go. So I'm talking about whoever said that up there. I heard it was a kid, which makes me even happier because it's a childlike faith. It's a childlike faith that allows us to respond to this. So I invite you to worship like children. Make a ruckus. Make some noise. Find some life and put a smile on your face, West Michigan. Because he's here and he loves you. Are you in? So God, we thank you for your love and for your grace. That is so undeserved. But God, you call us by name. Sons, daughters, your children, you invite us to full life because of the work that you did, Jesus, on the cross. It is finished. It is done. May we live in the victory that is the cross, the victory that is the empty tomb that our past are no longer held against us, but we have life in you, Jesus Christ, here and now. We love you. We thank you for freedom that we have in you. Praise in the name of Jesus. Let's respond to him.